This program has been made possible through the support of an independent grant from Daiichi Senkyo, Inc. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. The death of a parent can come as a shock and feel extremely unfair especially if the child and parent were both relatively young. When a mother leaves behind her children, there is a missing presence, but memories and life lessons will always remain. Today's guest remembers his mother's spontaneity, devotion to fun, warm nature, and caring spirit, and credits her for shaping him into the man he is today. Here to share the story of his superhero mom is Matt Tarot. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, Adam, thanks so much for having me. Well, man, I'm excited to have this conversation. I know you're doing a lot of great work, but let's just start out with, give me give me the flyover. Who are you? What do you do? Uh, I am a native Rhode Islander from the East Coast. I'm currently displaced out here in San Diego. Not a terrible thing. Loving the weather. Uh, I've been out here for about five years. Came by way from New York City. Uh, work in advertising and digital media. Uh, I'm an artist, uh, photographer, videographer, and, and painting. Uh, have have been my key focuses over the last you know 10, 10, 15 years. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, we there's a lot of side stuff we could talk about later on then. So, uh, but but for the purposes of the show, let's let's dive in. So, today we're talking to you about the role of being a caregiver to your mom. But let's start with her breast cancer journey. Can you walk us through that? Yeah, sure. And uh, I appreciate your uh, your questions and, and having me on today, Adam. So I'm, I'm really excited. Um, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer in 1995 uh, after finding a, a lump on her left breast. Uh, she was biopsied and, and had her diagnosis. Um, they performed a, a left radical mastectomy uh, in a matter of a couple of weeks. She was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, she was put on a five-year regimen of uh, tamoxifen. I think it's called. Uh, and she ended her treatment in about 2000. So she went through five years of chemo and, and, and treatment um, and was declared cancer free in, in 2000. Uh, however, pretty short lived uh, declaration. Uh, she was diagnosed with chronic lymphatic, uh, lymph, lymphocytic leukemia. Uh, as described by her doctor, it was more of a speed bump than anything. Uh, so it was really just, you know, something else that she had to deal with. Um, and then about five years after that, uh, in 2005, she found a, a lump on her neck. Uh, so her cancer was back. Uh, she required frequent scans, blood tests. Um, she reached out to her good friend, Dr. Barbara Sheps, uh, for support. And she's a radiologist at the NG Pappas Center at Rhode Island Hospital. Uh, with her guidance, she went through scans, uh, bone scans, blood work. Um, and the scans indicated that the cancer had spread to her spine. Mm. So she received radiation treatment to her spine and went to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston uh, for more consultation. And she met Dr. Ann Partridge uh, there. And so she started chemo for a second time in May of 2008, just, a, just about a year before she had passed, uh, while frequently having fluid removed from her lungs that had built up. Um, and I think that was um, one of the the most memorable things was that she was going constantly to have this fluid removed um, and uh, it was being used in a study. Mm. So she was donating part of herself um, and what was happening with her to help future patients. Mm. 
Wow. And you know, how, how old were you when she was diagnosed and can you walk us through how she told you that she had breast cancer? I was nine uh, when she was first diagnosed. And so my mother was a nurse. She was a recovery room nurse. She worked in the allergy office at my father's doctor's office. And my father was an otolaryngologist and, and ear, nose and throat physician. So my parents had a lot lot of history explaining terrible things or, or difficult things to patients um, that may not understand what was happening. So for them to have to explain to their children that mom was going through something very difficult, I don't remember the exact, this is what's happening. But I do remember that it was with an, it was more of an upbeat, like, we're going to beat this. We're, we're going to, we're doing this. You know, this is something that is, is happening, um, but life will go on. Um, so I, I was nine and my brother was eight. Wow. And so considering how young you were and, and your, your brother was, do you feel like it's something that your family went through together or, or was it, do you feel like they shielded you from it a little bit? I think uh, my parents were very open about what was happening, regardless of whether or not we fully understood what was, was really happening they were very open. Uh, they wanted to be clear. My parents didn't, you know, want to lie. They didn't want to lie to us. Uh, they didn't want to, um, they also didn't want to put us in harm's way and, and make us think about something like losing mom. So it was, uh, it was more of a, a family, uh, mission. Um, you know, I had siblings, my father's first marriage, there were, uh, six older siblings that I have, um, who were very supportive and, and really helped my younger brother and I understand that mom was sick. Um, and then as I got older, we really understood what, what that sick, how sick she was and what that really meant. Mm, wow. And so, so how, how, do you, how do you feel like you were best able to support your mom as she was undergoing treatment? And what do you think about when you remember that time? I remember her just more of trying to keep status quo. Uh, more of trying to keep everything going just like she normally would have. Um, I say all the time that my mother's, she was, a she was, you know, everybody wants to say, Oh, my mom was a great mom. Um, but my mother lived to be a mother to care mm. for her children. Um, and she cared for her stepchildren, my older siblings, like they were her own, even though they were not. And so everyone really considered her, like the mother, the motherly figure. And so mm. she did her best to continue doing what she would do. And I think that at the end of the day, um, she looked for the support of my younger brother, Mark and myself um, as just as answering whatever she needed done. What do you need done? How do you need it done? Um, and, and, and doing things for her and trying to be kind uh, and understanding that she was in pain some days and in other days she was just like a normal mom. Um, but deep down inside, she, um, she wanted to hide it so that, you know, nobody really felt bad for her. Mm. So she, wow. she needed a bit more of support at, at home. Um, but I, at, you know, at that young age, you really don't know how to give it other than just being a normal kid, um, giving her a hug, telling her you love her. Um, I, I would always, you know, I didn't have any fears of, of giving my mother a hug or telling her how much I loved her, uh, or embarrassing her or trying to embarrass her as she did in public to us. Mm. You know, we had a good, like joking 
loving and friendly, funny relationship. Mm, wow, that's really that's really great. And and I, I would imagine that your mom helped to shape you into the the person that you are today. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, I would I would say um, you know I, I learned a lot from my parents. I learned a lot from my father. Um, but my mother was the one, you know, my father was in an in office a lot of times and he would come home late. Uh, we would have dinner, he would do some work and then we would go to bed um, for a long time. So my mother was the one that picked us up from school, uh, that she would, you know, help us do homework and, or, you know, kind of order us to do homework, make sure we were doing it, kept us in line a bit. Um, I learned what kindness really meant from somebody like my mother. Um, I all, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. I also understood, um, a bit more about the human soul and spontaneity and how much enjoying life really truly meant, um, to you as an individual, you know, what, I, what I saw her go through, um, you know, she, she lived every day, um, with, with a smile, um, or, or she tried to. And so that was something that I picked up on, uh, but I didn't really fully understand it until later in life, probably in the last, you know, 10 years. Um, I'm 34 years, right, uh, 34 years old right now. And it's, it's been uh, 12 years tomorrow since she passed, you know, so that is, um, it's always something to think about how, uh, how she helped me understand what it meant to be kind and courteous and helpful and understanding and just to listen. Um, and she was a very smart woman. And so I think, um, you know, men typically have, uh, the stigma of not being very emotional, uh, and not showing their emotions and, and kind of hiding some of that. Uh, she made it very clear that it was an option for me to do so, uh, and, and encouraged me to, to be open about that stuff. Hmm. Wow. She sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. You, you, you just mentioned uh, that her passing is, is right around the day that we're recording this. Uh, we, we actually, yesterday was, was Mother's Day. We're recording this the day after. Uh, how do you remember and how do you honor her memory around Mother's Day? It's a great question. Uh, it's difficult. Um, it's, it's definitely very difficult. Uh, I've spent a lot of years away from my family, uh, living on the West Coast. The rest of them are on the East Coast. So... You know, typically I would say I would want to celebrate by seeing some family members and remembering her that way. Um, you know, maybe right at this point now, it, it's it's more of an internal memory. Um, it's more of something that I, I remember um, and I say, you know, um, continue doing what you're doing. Continue working hard. Um, be, mm-hmm. be, be a good person. Uh, and I try to live um, a better life and, and pursue this 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 happiness um, that I felt that she possessed. Um, and, and that's how I really celebrate her life. Um, but this is, this is definitely the most difficult time for me of, you know, of the year um, with mother's day, always falling on or around the day that she passed. Um, and yesterday was a, yesterday was a doozy. Um, not only was it mother's day, but it would have been my father's birthday as well. So um, that, that was, that was a tough one. Um, and that's always been difficult, but you know, my father passed about three years ago, three and a half years ago. Uh, and my mother 12 years ago. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, remembering them, uh, at this point is having conversations with some of the family members. Um, 
my, my younger brother. Um, and, uh, and just remembering that the happy times, the good times. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's good. That's good. I appreciate you sharing that with us. I know that's, I know that's difficult. Um, so what advice would you give to someone that finds themselves in the, the, a similar situation that you were in, especially if they're young? Yeah. Uh, oh man. So I'll, I'll admitted, I've admitted this a couple of times here recently because I've, I've now gone through it, but seeking therapy uh, and seeking, seeking help uh, after a loss is extremely helpful. Um, it took me a long time. I, I had uh, been dealing with the fact that my mother was sick. You know, I was 20 years old, right? So um, de- dealing with her sickness uh, was really causing some, some issues here mentally with me. And so uh, it was recommended that I speak with somebody. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll make an appointment with a, with a therapist the morning that I was supposed to see my therapist is actually the morning my mother passed. And so I never, never went to therapy. Um, and so what ended up happening was um, I suppressed the emotions over years with substance abuse and doing different things that weren't very helpful. And so a year ago, right? So at 33 years old, um, I started going the therapy specifically for grief um, as it's something I've experienced here quite a bit in my life. Um, and so I would tell anybody that that loses a family member, a mother, a father, an aunt, uh, uncle, grandmother um, to speak with somebody about your emotions and, and how you feel, um, especially when it's something like your mother and there's a lot left on the table. Uh, um, you know, she, uh, she was, she was young you know, 55 or so, about 55 years old. Um, so she was young when she passed. Um, and that means that there were a lot of things that I didn't get to experience with my mother. Um, and so I've, you know, I've, I've gone through some grief work where I've written letters, uh, and, and written out a lot of what I wanted to say to my mom that I never got a chance to thanking her, forgiving her, asking for forgiveness, uh, and then just general statements of, of, you know, affection and, and understanding. Um, that's a, that was a really big piece of it. And, and to remember the good times that you had with the individual, mm. um, you know, you're given one life, you're not sure what's going to happen around the corner here any other day. Um, so the best thing you can do is, is live a happy and full life and try to stay healthy. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and mental health is, is a major, major part of that. Um, it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really important. Really good advice. Um, seeking help, uh, getting help, talking through emotions, talking through grief is just so, so critical. So, so Matthew, uh, last question, honestly, kind of a tough question, but, but I I just, I really would like to ask, um, if your mom could see you now, what do you think she would tell you? Oh boy. Um, well, if you're, listening to this, you can't see, but I've got a, a beard and a mustache. She'd ask me why I haven't shaved recently. Um, I would say, uh, you know, she was the type of woman that it would probably be more of an affectionate, you know, I'd get a hug, mm. um, 
granted, I've said so many times that I, I would really like to just speak to my mother. Um, but you know, I, I think that the, just getting a hug, um, was, was super important. Um, I would like to think that she would tell me she's proud of, of the man I've become, um, of the work that I've, that I've done, um, and, and what I've learned. Uh, and, and, you know, as I pursue a family of my own, uh, and I, and I try to, to strive for what I've wanted. Um, you know, I remember what she taught me and she would, she would say that I learned well, <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, she'd tell me one of her many catchphrases, one of the many things that she would tell me. Um, but you know, those are all internal. Those are all personal things, the small little stories and anecdotes that she would say, um, just to make me smile. And so I'm, I'm sure I would hear several of those. Um, so mm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That sounds, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, uh, Matthew, I, I, I'm curious. I, I, I think I know that you do some nonprofit work. I'd love, love for you to just tell us Give us a 30 second overview about what, what that's about. Yeah. So uh, my mother had started a nonprofit for breast cancer uh, to, to help fund breast cancer research. And so what I learned at a young age was, was really how to, how to run an organization and how to be a part of that. Uh, so just recently in the last year, actually, and, and just as recent as like two weeks ago, we received full 501c3 status uh, for a nonprofit. Uh, it's called Bolus Maximus. Uh, I'm a type one diabetic. I've been diabetic for, um, oh my goodness, almost 19 years. Um, and so that was something that, you know, I felt like I had my own diagnosis while my mother was going through what she went through. Um, and uh, after she passed, it really wasn't something that I took hold of and focused on. But now uh, in the last couple of years, I've really focused on my health and understanding that not everybody has the same resources uh, that I may have or that I came up with. Uh, so, so our focus is my, my nonprofit uh, co-founder Brandon A. Denson and myself, uh, we focus on under-resourced communities, um, specifically uh, because we're both males in, in our early 30s. I, I guess I'll have to say mid-30s now. I'm almost 35. Um, we focus on males, uh, the black and brown communities that uh, that my co-founder is a member of, and we focus on individuals that are under-resourced and in poverty and, and don't have the same resources that other people do. So um, that's our goal and focus right now. And I, I learned how to, to help others because my, my mother was always the first to stand up and help somebody else. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's really where we're at and what we're striving for. Wow. Well, Matthew, that sounds like really important and excellent work. I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad to know you're doing that. Thank you for sharing that with us. And thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah, I appreciate it, Adam. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to hearing this uh, when it comes out and, and talking more and, and remembering my mother. So thank you for giving me an opportunity at this special time. Well, thank you for giving us a, a peek into uh, who she was and, and the impact that she's made on you. Uh, me, I, I appreciate it and our listeners appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com. 
This program has been made possible through the support of an independent grant from Daiichi Senkyo, Inc.